0: The Ringer's Charles Holmes and co-host Grace Spellman present the most notorious new podcast in the industry, The Ringer Music Show. Every Tuesday, they'll bring you the latest news, the hottest takes, and the deepest reporting about the wild world of music and the chaotic industry that creates it. Check out The Ringer Music Show exclusively on Spotify.
1: First, the Ringer's and Nexus podcast feed for all things fandom. You know who you're talking to. It's Van Lathan, the host of Higher Learning, with Rachel Lindsay and Van Lathan, and it's Charles Holmes, host of the Ringer Music Show. But together, we are known as the Midnight, the Midnight Boys. Boys. <laughs> all right, so we're eagerly awaiting the premiere of Loki. You're excited about Loki, aren't you, Charles? It's coming up. Next month. We're about five weeks out. Am I am I excited about Loki? Yeah, of course. I'm excited about Loki because like the listeners
2: don't know. We gotta be coming up with these ideas in the meantime. Yeah, <laughs> it true. ain't like we can just roll out of bed
1: and talk yeah, about the whatever. The reality that. is that you you keep the fucking shows coming, guys. All right. Oh, keep the Feige. I don't know what you were thinking about with this gap. You didn't think about the midnight. Wait, boys, did you, you just about see about it before
2: gap? we got on? What what the the Marvel What the coming out in August? So you know we ain't gonna even have a break no more. Is it what the or is it What If? What what If? What If? I'm I'm in Shoe Land. I'm in Nike Shoe Land. Like What, <laughs> what the?
1: what? <laughs> the? We got What If coming. We got Loki coming. Hey, we got we Black got Widow. The, we got the Nike Whataburger series <laughs> <laughs> coming out later on. Uh, yeah, yeah, What If? What If is coming out. So we're not going to have a break. And that's great for fandom. That's great for us. That's great for everyone. So on this particular episode, what we are going to do is something that should have been done in actual real life a long time ago. We're going to fix... The DCEU, we are going to be playing armchair CEO. We're going to take a look, a very critical look, an honest look at the plans and execution of the DC Extended Universe over at Warner Brothers. And at the end, very briefly, we're going to have a little bit of our reactions to Jupiter's Legacy on Netflix. We're not going to spend too much time on it. Not not, not (laughs) much time at all. All (laughs) It's like, we're not going to spend too much time on it, right? You remember, I'll tell you what Jupiter's legacy is like. Do you remember when the NBA got locked out? Remember the NBA lockout? So the NBA locked out and we were so anxious, so anxious for any type of basketball that we were watching Pro-Am leagues (laughs) from all over the world. I was waking up like, I ain't going to lie, man. (laughs) I'm really excited about the game in Jamal Crawford's Seattle Pro-Am League today. The Drew League was crazy. And you had all of these people showing up to the Drew before you know it. You're like, oh my gosh, George Gervin's at the Drew. All the NBA legends, the 50 greatest players, a dream team. It's like anything basketball. And that's kind of what Jupiter's legacy is right now. Jupiter's legacy is like it's the minor leagues of superhero shows. I know. It's more so. It's more so when you were a kid and you were like jacked up off Power Rangers,
2: and then your parents were like, "I got you this VHS," and I'm like, "It's Beetleborgs," and I'm like, "What the fuck is Beetleborgs?" Or you be watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's like next up, we got these Shark Teenage on roller skates, and you're like, "The fuck is this?" Well, and it's
1: just not. This is not this the show because the show has its own source material in its own no. right. But I enjoyed just, the show for what it was. For
2: what it was. But it got into the Netflix thing, some of my issues with Netflix where I was just a little like, "Is this seems like it was made by algorithm. Right, a bit. <laughs> right. But we're not okay. dissing too
1: much. Well, not dissing too much. We're just saying it's not as good as the Marvel shit. And I'm sorry. Love, Juba's Legacy, though. Well, not love. Like... Warm like. Uh, So also be sure to join Mallory Rubin next week for a very special episode with a very special guest that will be on Tuesday. Now, we have a little bit of nerd news in the Nerd News Minute. Steve, give me the little intro. All right, we're not going to do too much of this, all right? But this does factor into our discussion of the DC extended universe. There are reports out there that Zack Snyder has says that DC is being aggressively anti Snyder about the future of the Justice League. All right? Is the future of the Justice League which to up to this point has been cemented in Zack Snyder's Snyderverse. Snyder is saying DC wants to change course in a really aggressive way and completely reboot, redo, and extract almost all of his uh, contributions to the extended universe. Charles, what are your thoughts?
2: I never, I want to be real. I'm never on the side of the corporation or the man. Shout out to Ori and Mao. You know what I'm saying? Oh, wow. (laughs) I never, like, I'm never going to big size, like, with the corporation. But my problem with this is, like, you cannot be aggressively anti-Snyder if you gave my boy, like, three movies. Actually, four, if you think about it. If we want to count the non-Snyder cut of Justice League. And I think my one problem with this is that, like, Snyder got what he wanted. He got to finish Justice League. And... If we're looking at it, I don't think it probably did what it needs to do because if it did what it needed to do money-wise, WB would have backed up the Briggs truck. They would have been like, all right, you get another movie. So like part of my thing is I'm like, let's be sure we're not like weaponizing fandom to like be like, all right, you gave Snyder three movies, he deserves three more. Part of me is a little bit like, you got your chance,
1: man. We Like we all campaigned, you got your chance. What more do you want? So in your opinion, Zack Snyder's Justice League wasn't enough for your faith in his handling of the DCEU to be restored going forward? Personally, I don't think
2: so. And I also just think, like, if we're just being real numbers-wise, numbers-wise, it didn't do what it needed to do for WB yeah, but- to be like, all right, we're going to do this. Because, like, let's be real. This is all about money. If Justice League was the biggest streaming hit of the entire year, they would have given Snyder another movie. They're like, all right, go make another
1: one. So it's your assumption. So... Basically, you're assuming that it didn't do the numbers that it need to do because they're not moving forward with. That's what that's what I'm assuming. I'm assuming that this was kind of like,
2: I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if like Godzilla versus King Kong or Mortal Kombat were bigger hits on HBO Max than the Snyder cut. Like it might have seemed like online the Snyder cut was bigger, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're looking at the numbers and they're being like, we don't know even if like another Snyder movie could do what it is it needs to do to even make more than Joker. So why would they give him more money is just my opinion. I'm not, this is nothing
1: against Snyder. Even make more than Joker. Joker made a whole hell of a lot of money. It's clearly, it was clearly an incredible movie.
2: Same thing with Aquaman or Wonder Woman, whatever you want to say about quality or whatever. I think they know which ones are making more money. And if I'm even a suit and we could save this for armchair, I'm being like, dog, these three movies over there made
1: double what your movie made. Like what? What are we talking about? So I I think it's partly about money. I also think it's partly about the tone of the films, the artistic vision of the films, and the stories that they actually want to tell. I think that Zack Snyder's goal and vision for the DCEU was incredibly grandiose. And I think that part of the people who deserve the blame for this, and we'll talk about this starting in one minute is WB because when you look at Marvel, the films are so varied in tone, but they also have a clear through line, right? And so that suggests compromise and collaboration. That means that there's somebody somewhere in Marvel keeping the trains on the tracks as far as the larger story. And then There are individual filmmakers who are being given just enough creative license to give these films a separate feeling, right? A separate, a different sort of feeling and, 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 you know, different thematic elements and all of that. James Gunn would have made a completely different Iron Man movie. Peyton Reed would have made a completely different Thor movie. Kenneth Branagh would have made a completely different Guardians of the Galaxy movie. I think the one thing, the one mistake was that they took one filmmaker and they let him craft the narrative and the look and the tone for their entire universe. And I don't know why they did that. But even Kevin Feige isn't,
2: behind a director's chair. No, I more so mean that they let Zack Snyder have the vision and, like, the storyline for an entire universe instead of having a group of people being like, this is the plan, where where can Zack Snyder succeed? I think that's the, like, I think Zack Snyder is very talented in a few ways, and they just did not put him in a position to succeed, so why would I want to give him more money when I'm not even
1: sure WB knows what they're doing with the DCEU? Uh, uh, speaking of If it's not going to be Zack Snyder That is in charge of the DCEU Then you know Who it should be The goddamn Midnight Boys Let's get
2: into it Give me some of that Shark Tank music Alright
1: We are now about to play armchair CEO. They have made us the CEOs of the DC Extended Universe. And we, Charles Holmes and Van Lathan, are gonna nail, 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 saw, 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 <laughs> saw, saw, saw. You know what I mean? This is, be this is worse than my lightsaber, sound Mr. Effects. Fix It. Boom, boom, boom. Saw, saw, saw. We're gonna fix the DCEU <laughs> as we play armchair CEO. Okay. All right. All right. So here's the deal. Um, we have absolute authority in this scenario, me and Charles, to hire, fire, green lit, green light any project we see fit we see fit. Okay, this is TV, film, streaming, animation, whatever. We are now the head honchos, we are the Kevin Feige's of DC. Charles, as CEO of DC, what's your first order of business? First thing, we're creating
2: a brain trust. I think one thing that Marvel did an amazing job of in the beginning is they got a bunch of talented directors talented writers, Kevin Feige, producers like Nate Moore, and they were basically like, all right, what are the big stories? What are we working towards? What are the big characters that we want to put on screen? Before we even believed in Black Panther, they were like, all right, Black Panther's on the list. Captain Marvel is on the list. We're going to take the Guardians of the Galaxy. So I would literally, like, instead of thinking, all right, we're going to pick, like, a Zack Snyder to have his grand vision. Nah, get the best producers, the best writers, the best directors. Go through all of the catalog of DC. What are your most important stories? And then just start talking it out and just make a roadmap. It's simple as that. Just go back to the stories. They're so worried about making their own Avengers, competing with the MCU. I'm like, DC, arguably, in my opinion, has better stories pound for pound than Marvel. And they have not been going going to them as much as they need to. Uh, And yeah, so just go back to
1: the people and the best storytellers in the business. What about you, Van? Let's say we're working together and not against each other, right? So we're the co-CEOs. So let's say you did this. You know what I would do? I will sit those people down and I'm talking about uh, a diverse group of filmmakers, not necessarily diversity in the way that we think of diversity now. I'm talking about diversity of talent, which is the most important diversity that you can have, right? Diversity matters everywhere, but different perspectives on things are what makes the best stories. Now, you inherently get different perspectives normally when you put diverse people in the room, but sometimes you don't. It's just important to have different people with different perspectives more than it is anything else if you're talking about the actual health of a particular project. So I'm going to sit down and tell and ask those people one story. We are going into phase one of the DCEU. How does it end? That's the first question. Important question. Are we ending at the death of Superman? Are we ending uh, Darkseid taking over Earth? Are we doing... Injustice? Are we? Uh, do we end a thousand years in the future? Do we? Are we ending with Kingdom Come? How does it end? Because what it seems to me that Marvel has has mastered, and what any good show or any good narrative has mastered is the point that we're trying to get to. It's obvious DC doesn't know what that is because their stories are all jumbled, right? They give you the death of Superman, a movie after Superman was essentially unleashed to the public. They give you one film of him, then they kill him, right? Obviously that doesn't work, right? They give you Doomsday in the second movie where the stakes of who Superman is to the world haven't been fully established, right? Exactly. In Zack Snyder's Justice League, they give you Darkseid, they give you the new gods, they give you all of these people when nobody knows who they are. Like, no one has any clue. We don't know enough to care. You know why you care about your neighbor? You care about your neighbor, the little old lady, is because you see her all the time. <laughs> like you know how slow she moving. Like you, like you, you have to care about the characters. So, that, so that's the first thing. Okay, so you've assembled the, the talent. Yeah. My thing is getting getting everybody on the through line is this is the this is the situation that we want to end with. This is where the first phase of this is ending. Now, that binds the movie puts the, the movies, puts them together. They can have their own narratives, but this is the point that we're getting to. That would be the second thing.
2: Wait, all right. So, and then third, lastly, I think, importantly, after you embarked on that, I would tell everybody I would get the best artists. I don't care if they they belong in the MoMA. I don't care if they're photographers. I don't care if they're cinematographers. We get the best, like the best artists, And we'd be like, what do we want the DCU to look like? I think, like, people forget that Marvel movies... They have a way of being like all right this all has a similar tone you all can do your own things Captain America the Winter Soldier doesn't look like Guardians of the Galaxy but when they come together in a movie it makes sense and when i watch like Aquaman and Wonder Woman and then i watch the Zack Snyder movie it's all over the place. It's all like visually, it's all over the place. So I think it's very, very important to be like, what is the tone? Is it going to be bright, poppy colors? Are we going a little bit more subdued? Are we treating these characters like gods?
1: Or are we treating them more like humans? That all needs to be worked out. Let's say that we've done all this. You're recrafting the DC universe. What movie do you start with? Are we saying we're getting rid of their entire
2: slate right now? Z- Clean slate, baby. Woo! All right. Clean so, slate. Hey! Yeah, Woo! My first, my first movie, The New Teen Titans. I got the writers and producers of it. I'm going with Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. The director is uh, Rob McElney from Always Sunny in the Philadelphia and the creator of Mythic Quest. The plot, we got a high school comedy. The Justice League disappears for a weekend. And seven teenagers, we got Robin, Kid Flash, Wonder Girl, Starfire, Cyborg, Beast Boy, and Raven have to keep the world safe until they return. But they can't help but being teenagers. That's where I started off. What what is wrong with the Teen Titans? Tell me what's wrong with the Teen Titans.
1: You can't start with the Teen Titans. Yes, you can. Okay, we gotta a That's have what people, people would have said. We,
2: people would have said to you at the beginning of the MCU, you can't start with Iron Man. They that's not told,
1: true. That is true. They, 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 you know why they wouldn't have said that? They wouldn't have said that because it's a completely different situation. Number one, in that situation, you don't have access to all of the characters. So Marvel couldn't start with Spider Man, or here's they the would have. This is why I'm starting Marvel with the Teen Titans. Start.
2: We're already the the, the co
1: CEOs are already. They couldn't the start with the X
2: Men, or they would have. The reason that I want to start with the Teen Titans, a for money reasons, it's one of DC's biggest properties across media. You already get the kids on your side, but more story reason why is I think we need to break away from the from the we're just doing Batman. Superman and Wonder Woman movies. We got to get that taste out of everybody's mouth. We got to start with something fresh and something new. And then slowly but surely, once they're back on our sides with something that like it's beloved, Teen Titans is beloved, but it's not as beloved as Batman. Once we get them on our side with like this property on the side, then we can really start hammering them home with the Batman, with the Superman, with the Flash, with the Green Lantern. We got to pivot away from Snyder a little bit. That's, that's, that's
1: me. What about you? We're we're gonna be in the CEO fight. Do you know why? You know who why? I would start with. I would start with the new gods. You're high. You're high, bro. I would start what? with the new gods. Oh, wait, okay. over the Titans? Over the Teen Titans. I would start with the new gods. The only way to wipe the slate is to start with the new gods. You start with the inception of the DC of the DC universe, right? And that's what like you starting. Do, Th- that's still like starting the MCU with like Thanos and the Black Order. You can't do that. But the reality is that if if the scope of the characters is gonna be, I go new gods, then I go Superman. But this is what I do with the new gods. We don't need the origin stories of any of these characters anymore. We don't. No, we agree on that. We agree on that. If I am. Over DC, I'm never seeing Batman's parents get killed again. Like, we, I'm not, I'm never seeing them get, but we do, what we do need though is to set the foundation, the parameters, the tone, and the rules of the universe and where it all comes from. And I think setting it with the new gods gives the scope a huge, big galactic scope. For the entire universe. DC, the characters are too tricked out and powerful. You can't star small. You you just. I disagree. We gotta gotta make the movie. All right. So, all right. What if we do this movie? This is my
2: second, but we could bump it up first. I think potentially you start with a Green Lantern Corps movie, the Sinestro War. We're not doing any bit of the like introducing the Green Lanterns. We dump you right in. We got Hal Jordan, we got Jon Stewart they have to stop the Sinestro core war, but you introduce the new gods to the source wall. So you get the teaser at the end that they're all coming. So we're not starting with like the beginning. We're starting right in the middle of the DCU. You have this big war. You show
1: people we can do this big, big thing and then slowly bring in the new gods. I could be with that. That could be a compromise. I think that there's enough people are familiar with the Green Lanterns. Every different iteration of the Green Lanterns, Guy Gardner, Hal Jordan, whoever it is, but I would start I would start with Jon Stewart. He would have to be my main character. Hal oh, Jordan sure. would
2: be supporting.
1: Well, you could start with Jon Stewart, but I think it's doing a disservice to the lanterns if you start with Jon Stewart.
2: To me, it would be a buddy cop film. So it's like, it's a twofer. So okay, it would that. be like yeah. a
1: Jon Stewart co-starring Hal Jordan. Okay, cool. All right, so for me, the important thing is to give the people scope of what it is that they're expecting. That was the thing about Iron Man. Iron Man set the standard for the MCU because Iron Man let you know what kind of world you were in. And if you're in a world where all of these things are possible, this tech is possible, even when you move to Thor, it's not so much magic as it is science. If you have all of those things, then anything else that you give your audience, they will believe. That's why rather than start small, right? Rather than start kind of like the, the the MCU did, which is start, small and grounded and build up to it. If I was DC, I would do it backwards. I would start raising the stakes with these huge galactic stakes, right? And then slowly come back down to the individual stories and see how people are navigating these things in their worlds. Number one, to set it apart from the MCU. But number two, in order to just make all of this shit make sense. You know what I mean? You know what? We made a mistake. I don't even think it's important how
2: we start. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pitch you on this, on how we end. Two-part Justice League. Instead of building, like, we're going to have Justice League 1, Justice League 2, we have a two-part Justice League movie. Justice League Crisis on Infinite Earths, Justice League Kingdom Come. Arguably two of the biggest stories, two of the biggest crossovers that DC has ever had. We have Crisis on Infinite Earths to shake up everything. We have every single superhero we have after building it up for years. And then Kingdom Come, we end on the future Batman versus Superman, all of these, everything that's happening. Like that to me are the two big pillars where you have to end.
0: This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership, visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles in your car. Jiffy Lube Car More to find coupons and start an instant online estimate visit JiffyLube.com
1: Alright, so we're taking over right now and there's movies in development. Black Adam, The Flash, Aquaman 2, Wonder Woman 3, The Black Superman movie and Shazam 2. Do you go ahead with these films? Alright, so I have a list. I have a list. We're gonna
2: go. I have Go Ahead recast or cancel. Okay, give it to me. Go ahead with Black Adam. You have The Rock on, like, that's an instant hit. Go ahead with it. Flash, I would recast. Nothing against what Snyder did. I just think that, like, if it's not already a hit, we got to go new. Aquaman 2 go ahead. It's too big. It's too big of a of a movie. We're already moving in China. Like they love Aquaman over there. We go ahead. Wonder Woman 3, go ahead. Black Superman cancel. Shazam 2, I love the first Shazam. We got to go ahead. And then this is where we agree. You got to revive the new gods. You got to bring back Eva. You got to bring back Tom King.
1: Okay. So these are the this is what I would do with this. Black Adam, yes. The Flash, yes. The only person I think that is untouchable. Untouchable to recast is the Flash. Really? It's, what yeah. about Jason Momoa? Jason Momoa, there's other people that could do that. He's great. But I, an, think that, I don't think so, man. I don't think there's other people. He's beloved, man. By the way, to be honest with you, if I'm being real, these three characters are where DC has nailed it. Actually, the casting of these past things, I had no problems with. I enjoyed Henry Cavill as Superman once he got once he got his stride. I liked Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. I liked Ezra Miller as Flash. And of oh, course, oh, I
2: did too. But you don't think you know, we got it? We got a clean slate, man. If it's not working yet, and like
1: that, that that
2: movie's well, been in development hell for a minute. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, but
1: that's more that more speaks to the dysfunction of DC than it does actually whether or not he's good at the character. At,
2: I'll give you this concession. Let's keep Ezra. But I do think that, like, casting wise, I'm not mad at Ezra. I'm not mad at Gal. I'm
1: not mad at Jason Momoa. Okay, so this I'm not mad at any of these. So this is what I do with these films. Number one, push the slate back on every movie except for Flash. We agree. Flash comes out. Flashpoint rejiggers everything, gives you the clean slate, and then you start over. I go Flash, New Gods, then Black Adam. That would be what I would do. Flash, New Gods. Then Black Adam. Because I think that Black, that that reintroducing Shazam is easier through the Black Adam deal. But the Shazam
2: movie I, was really good, man. Zachary Quinto was great in that.
1: I enjoyed the Shazam movie, but the problem with the Shazam movie is that it was an orphan. It was a movie that didn't, and there's nothing wrong with orphans, by the way. Please, guys, when we're doing the podcast, there's so many times I do a podcast and I say something, and then I'll go, there's nothing wrong with that, of course. I mean orphan <laughs> in the sense that the movie itself kind of was in the DC universe but then it kind of wasn't. It it existed in this almost quirky how does it relate to other things type of sphere but, that made you keep asking questions about all of this stuff is ha- is is going on why isn't anyone showing up. If it's not broke, don't up?
2: fix it that's my no. thing man. Like it's I, like
1: it's like we're we're doing a lot. We're shaking we're shaking the tree a lot
2: i, I we're building a. We're, we're,
1: we're, I, I'm keeping Zachary Quinto, but I'm rebooting. I'm using Black Adam to reboot Shazam. All right, as long as we're keeping Quinto. Like, oh, I'm definitely keeping Zachary Quinto. Oh wait, so can I ask you? Sure. W-
2: we know what we're working towards with Justice League, the end. But Batman, Superman, give me the storyline. What are the What are the two meaty storylines that we're giving people to really grab on? I have my Superman one already. Okay, my Superman one is All
1: Star Superman. Oh, same, same. All Star Superman is the greatest Superman comic. I don't know of all why time. they won't well, just do, they they like just do All Star Superman and shout out. It's like it, it, like tell the people what all what happens in All Star Superman so they know minor plot spoilers
2: for All Star Superman. Skip ahead a bit if you wish. All Star Superman is this is this comic by honestly top five comic book writer of all time. Grant Morrison, top five comic book artist of all time, Frank Quikely. And basically, it's this story that travels from the past, present, and future of Superman. And it kind of shows his death, but it also shows why he's like an eternal symbol throughout the DCU. It's so hard to explain because it tells one story, but each issue is its own thing. It's telling one narrative, but you're learning who Superman is when he's a child, with his dad dying, with having to reignite the sun. That's the big impetus, like having to reignite the sun and teaching you that Superman is forever. And I think if we're talking about how do you nail the correct version of Superman, All-Star Superman is the way you go. Why, did, why do you love it as like a comic book?
1: Because it tells the story of a human God, which is what Superman is. And and they they make Superman a one-dimensional character and he's been a one-dimensional character In film for a long time. What he is is a gentle God. They make him a gentle God. They made him, they make him. This tells the story of a human God, about somebody who's a superhuman in physiology only. The most human thing about Superman really is his mind. Like his mind, he was formed just like one of us. An all-star Superman gives you all of that. And I'm just crazy. I don't know if these people read comics because if you ask anybody about Superman, you could even do Superman American Alien, although you wouldn't do it because Max Landis wrote it and a lot of people have feelings about Max <laughs> now. But there's a lot of different things that, that integrate Superman into his world much better than these movies are. I also think that with All-Star Superman... What you do,
2: like, guys, you cannot start with Lex again. If you start with Lex again, I will literally jump off a cliff. Give me Lex, give me Parasite, give me Brainiac, give me his whole rogues gallery at once. I think in terms of, like, proving how powerful Superman is, you just got to throw everything at him. And it's not really a story about villains, it's a story about Superman. But, like, really dive into the mythos, because I am tired of them trying to make a realistic Superman. You know what I'm
1: saying? The the DC universe is not going to be realistic. It's fundamentally different than Marvel universe, so it's it's done. You, I, I would like them to give it a Thor Ragnarok feel. Like, let's stop trying to do the realistic version of Thor. Just give okay. us, just give us
2: the Jack Kirby
1: version. You know. So here's the thing about Batman. I don't give a standalone Batman movie for a while, if ever. I'm not doing a standalone Batman movie because over the course of the last. I don't know thirty years, we've gotten what is it six, seven Batman movies. You know what I mean, something to be more like that. At this point, so so I'm not doing a standalone Batman movie for a while. I'm going to treat Batman like Marvel treated Iron Man after Iron Man Three. Batman is going to be a central character in every movie, but I'm going to make him essentially what he really is: Tony Stark really is the Batman of Marvel. <laughs> and I'm going to make Bruce Wayne the Tony Stark of DC. Not with the same tone. Those are two completely different characters, even though Tony Stark in the comics is not this comedic wisecracker, or whatever, he's a little bit more. But, it, but I'm going to make Batman the guy who Wayne Enterprises pops up in everything. Batman pops up in all of these other stories because remember, Gods are fighting now. We've established that. We're starting off with a big thing. Gods are fighting. So we need the human perspective in it. The through line to that human perspective in my movies are going to be Batman. And if Batman gets to a point to where we can take some of this stuff and give him a standalone movie based around one specific story, then we'll do it. But as far as just an origin story and Batman fighting in Gotham, I don't think we need that again for a while. So I'm going in the opposite direction, and instead
2: of treating Batman as a solo star, I'm building out a whole corner because I think the coolest thing about Batman is he has so many allies. So what I want to do is I want to start off with a Batman and Robin movie based off the Grant Morrison run. Bruce Wayne is still in the the cow. It's going to be Dick Grayson, but then we can get a Nightwing movie. We can get a Batwoman movie. We can get a Batgirl movie. And what you're starting to do is instead of thinking as... Of Bruce Wayne as like this solo star, I do think you treat him as a Tony Stark character where he's teaching Robin how to be Robin. He's teaching Batgirl how to be Batgirl. He has all of these different characters coming in and out. So Batman movies, instead of being solo movies, damn near are team up events. When we get a Batman movie, it's everybody on fucking deck.
1: At some point in the history of comic books and comic book lore and comic book movies. We're gonna have to be honest about Batwoman and Batgirl and Robin and Nightwing. We're gonna have me and you are gonna have a CEO meeting. Where it's gonna be an honest discussion about the other members of the Bat family. Don't I? Uh, don't say what you're about to say, Van. Don't don't. The break reality heart. is that nobody gives a fuck. You're high.
2: What? Like, Wait. Like, what? Like what? No,
1: no. Nobody fucking cares. Like Stop nobody it. cares, bro. Stop. Like. No no nobody cares. Nobody
2: care nobody cares about Dick Grayson, Tim Drake, nobody cares. They might they they might
1: care a little bit about Dick Stop, Grayson. Man. Stop. They might care a little bit about D- Drake, Tim Drake. They you know who I care about? If we do it I want to see Damian Wayne from the jump. By far the most you have to build up to Damian. Damian Wayne from the jump. The reality is, if we build up to Damian Wayne, it's gonna take too long. How about this? Let's give the audience something they've never seen before, rather than give them the Dick Grayson, Jason Todd, fucking Tim Drake story that they all seen, give them Batman's cloned son as Robin that's a take that the casual fan doesn't know and we trying to do some new shit this might be a midnight court this has to be a midnight court
2: because Batman has one of the best not only Rogue's Gallery but one of the best supporting families you're telling me nobody gives a fuck about Dick Grayson nobody gives a fuck about Barbara Gordon no one t- that's what I'm you're telling me
1: what I'm no. telling what I'm telling commit, you is no, that- commit it don't backtrack I'm not backtracking at all. <laughs> I'm telling you you make them movies, people going to be waiting for Batman to show up. I, I, I that's the that's the thing. Batman's going to be in the movie. I like I people going to be waiting Batman for Batman Robin to Robin. show up. Like
2: it's why can't we have a Gotham Knights show? Why can't we have a Gotham Knights uh
1: movie? You can. But what I'm saying, you can definitely have have a Gotham Knights show. You can definitely have that. You can do all of that stuff, right? You can have all of that. Right? Even Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey works because Margot Robbie made Harley Quinn such a thing. Yes. Right. And, and so to, to to me, and I'll be honest with you, Harley Quinn is a much more interesting character than any of the characters that you just named. There, whoa. Let's stop there, all right. Very true. There's a
2: reason Birds of Prey did not work. As Birds of movement. Prey was good. Birds of Prey was not good.
1: This, is, this, this is was very not good.
2: good. Harley Quinn is nowhere near a better character than Dick Grayson or Tim Drake or Damian Wayne. Any right, of the Robins. That. Maybe she's better than Jason, but there's
1: no way. She's a more compelling character. She's more not a fun. more compelling character. They more don't know fun. whether she she's a hero, whether she's a villain. They don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe she's not a better character, but she's more fun to watch. I like yes, Dick Grayson. she's more fun to watch. Like, I, I like Dick Grayson. I really do. I was, I was into Nightwing, but we have to... Stop the cap as if people care about Nightwing, Barbara Gordon, and the oh, We have to stop the cap. Like,
2: there's been like two or three successful Teen Titans shows in the last decade. Come. No, on. I'm sure.
1: I'm not saying that. I didn't say the Teen Titans. That's them all together. But that's led by Robin, by Dick Grayson. The Teen, the teen Titans I give you, sometimes, some iterations of the Teen Titans have Damian Wayne in there. Sometimes. And they're bad. They're bad runs. All right, we're getting... We're going to have... We might need to have a midnight court because
2: your Batman takes are terrible. I am the Batman fucking master. No, I'm the Batman super fan. And you coming here and being like, Harley
1: Quinn's better than Dick Grayson. What they say in Pulp Fiction? Nobody gives a better foot massage than me. I'm the foot fucking master. <laughs> I'm the bat fucking master. I was reading Batman before you are fucking born.
2: And that's true. And you're out here on the Harley Quinn squad. I hate it, but I would give Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy a movie that needs to be greenlit ASAP. Continue, fan. Okay. All right, all right, so cool. We're,
1: we've decided which characters that we're
2: keeping. Are You're keeping Margot Robbie? Yes? I will only keep Margot Robbie if she gets a Poison Ivy movie. That's the only way I do it. What do we do with Zack Snyder? Personally, I love you, Zack. I love you, man. I need to give some new... Uh, some new uh, energy. I need to get some new directors, some new writers in it. You got three movies. Most people don't get three movies. That is a type of privilege because like, yeah, man, I love you, Snyder. I love you, my man. But go make some more zombie movies who are brilliant at that.
1: Is that harsh? (laughs) Zach's done. Zach's done if we're CEOs. Yeah. (laughs) And and, And here's the thing. It's not that I didn't like it. Like, this is the way that Zach wouldn't be done. If I could get Jeff Bezos and Warren Buffett and Bill Gates to get together and give us like $3 billion, then I would just tell Zach to go and make his version of everything just (laughs) because I'm curious. Seriously, if if I had money to burn, I would want to see the movie's just because I'm curious about where he was gonna go. Like I'm legitimately curious. I
2: would do animated movies, HBO Max. I'm like, you can do all of you can have your own Snyderverse. It's gonna be animated. We're like Jason Momoa, Gal, they're they're creating our movies. But yeah, finish your finish your thing on the animated side. I do like animated movies.
1: I like animated too, but I wouldn't give Zack Snyder the animated movies because I like the DC animated universe too much already. I think that's the part of it they're, that they're actually getting right. But okay. Z- I think Zack had his, tar- this, his time. Army of the Dead is fucking amazing. And so be because of that, I think Zack Snyder's tale and story as a filmmaker... He doesn't need DC anymore. He'll go do something else. He'll be fine. But we gotta start it over. Zack Snyder's out. All
2: right. Can we for the for the audience? Can we run down which movies we're greenlighting? We've been disagreeing a lot. So we'll like which ones are are a go. It doesn't even matter what order. We both agree we're adding a new gods. I think we should do Green Lantern, to Core. I think we got to do it. I'm taking my money SEO and I'm doing Teen
1: Titans. Duty Teen Titans. You just gotta fit into my 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 larger story. Duty Teen Titans. You it's want, not your larger it. story. It's our larger story, man. It, it's it's I'm the story guy. Okay. So what? these are films. <laughs> I would do a, right, a do a Lobo movie. All right. I'll give you a
2: Lobo movie. We're gonna do a Lobo movie. We're doing All Star Superman. we're doing all. So we're doing. Can you Lobo? give me Batman and Robin? Give you give me Grant Morrison's Batman and Robin. I'm I'm with Grant Morrison's
1: Batman and Robin. I'm with Grant Morrison's Batman. We'll and figure
2: Robin. out the story later, but we're going to do a Batman and Robin. Not at first, though. We're going to let the whole line breathe. Are we doing? Do you agree? Are we doing Crisis on Infinite Earths and Kingdom Come? Is
1: that where we're ending? Yeah, that's where we're ending. Though. That's where we're ending. We're ending there, but those are greenlit. Yeah, yeah. Those are those are greenlit. That's where we're ending. We're ending on Crisis and Infinite Earths and that stuff. Like that. So we're we're getting. Like, way down there in, in, in that, okay? Way down there. Are there any other movies we
2: forgot that you're like, we're green lighting these tomorrow? Um, You know,
1: A Plastic Man, I'm going to do. You're going to do a plastic? Can't we make that a TV show? I was just about to say, All we right. can make Plastic Man a TV show on HBO Max. There's only one other character that I think DC's already done that I'm going to bring back is Constantine. Justice League Dark or just Constantine? Justice League Dark. We're greenlit. Let's do it. You got Lobo. You got Justice League Dark. I'm actually going to do Justice League Dark before I do the Justice League. No. And, I, 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 I do. I do. I'm going to do Justice League Dark before I do the Justice League because I, I personally think you need to set up all different types of powers and all different types of stakes in these universes uh, so that when the Justice League comes in, Justice League Dark is there. Justice, Justice League's dark to me. They're the guardians of the galaxy of the DC universe. But you have to establish the Justice League. No, you don't. Because we fucking know who they are. We've been knowing who they are since we were four years old. I'm going to give it
2: to you. You gave me Teen Titans. You gave me Batman and Robin. You gave me All-Star Superman. I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you this.
1: So then my three movies movies were what? They were Lobo, Lobo, Justice League Dark, Plastic Man, HBO Max series. Who plays Lobo? Good question. I've been thinking about this. I have
2: one for you. I have one for you already. You got to get Vin Diesel, man. No. What? No.
1: Vin Diesel fucking 50 years old. Have you seen a picture of Lobo? He's not a young man. But, but what I'm saying is we need to we need somebody to play the character for 10, 15 years. So we can't cast Vin Diesel, have a 60-year-old Lobo running around breaking his fucking hip while he's riding he on his bike. had a 60-year-old Iron Man running around. No, actually, that's what happened. We stopped him before he got to 50 because he started when he was fucking 40. No, before he got to 60 because we stopped him when he got to 40. It can't be somebody too, too young. You okay. know? And to be rude with you, I haven't been able to find it <laughs> <laughs> This is a coup.
2: This is succession. I don't know if we can clear it legally, but play some succession music for me. We're getting you out of here. You old man. Old man Van, out of here. I'm taking over the company. Why?
1: You don't even know who you want to play Lobo yet. I don't know who I want to play Lobo yet. I looked around for it. The actor to play Lobo is not around for me yet. Oh, what's his face? Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns would be fucking perfect as Lobo. He would be a perfect. See Lobo. how we just if he can act. See how we just worked together. Yeah, we would be we'd be pretty good. <laughs> see how we just worked together. We're not trying to fucking kill each other. Okay. <laughs> the Lobo movie. I'm gonna let Blumhouse produce it. You're on a roll. I fucking love this. This is I'm amazing. Let- yes. I'm going to let, so as far as the Lobo movie, I'm going to let Blumhouse produce it. Jason Blum and his people uh, are going to take over the Lobo movie. The director, they're going to dig up somebody who's r- really good at this stuff. I'm not, uh, but I know that I want Jason Blum because I want it to be funny slash gory slash engaging. We're going to R-rated, trade off the top Lobo. All right, so as jumbled as this was, this conversation was as jumbled as the DC Universe, by the way. Uh, <laughs> But um, all, the, all the Arrowverse stuff, just before we go, all the Arrowverse stuff stays as a separate thing. CW, we keeping it over there. They can do whatever they want to do. They're successful, but we are not They're touching They're successful, that. not touching it, not, not doing anything. My, my uh, HBO Max shows are going to be Plastic Man, and I personally would do the Teen Titans show on HBO Max. Don't do my people. like that. I would do the Teen Titans show on HBO Max. That's what I would do. I would do the Teen Titans show on HBO Max and then maybe give them a movie later. I'm doing my HBO Max shows.
2: I'm going Gotham Central. I'm going Secret Six.
1: It, just real quick, we don't have that much time left. Give me your, uh, your opinions on Jupiter's Legacy. I love the
2: art of the comic. I just think, personally, it's a Netflix show. For better and worse, I watched it and at parts I was entertained, but I just do think that like after a summer where we have gotten like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we've gotten WandaVision, you know, we got Invincible. It just didn't give me that like that last thing that I needed. You know what I'm
1: saying? That that was my issue with it. What about you, Vin? It was cool. I think Jupiter's Legacy is cool. I think I always like hearing takes on other comic book myth, mythos and stuff like that. I you know, I like Jupiter's Legacy. I'll t- I will tell you this, and this to anybody jumping in a su- superhero game right now, you got to bring it. You're adding material to this in the golden age of superheroes. Talk on it. Speak on it. So you really have to bring it. And there are little things about Jupiter's Legacy that stick out and break the deal. Uh, overall, it's something to watch. Not 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 bad. But it's a nice Friday night. Like if you ain't doing nothing Friday night, like I would boot it up. I think you would enjoy
2: it. I, I like I was entertained. My girl was like, oh, what is this? It's just like I don't know if it met the quality standard that of the stuff we've been talking about on the Midnight
1: Boys. You feel me? I don't think that it did uh either. I don't think that it did either. But that's not to diss the content. Everybody's stories are coming out. We 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 love them all. Uh look, guys. I hope we were able to give you some clarity on what we would do with the DCEU. It just seems like we just threw out a bunch of ideas. But look, that's what they do. (laughs) (laughs) We know different from them. We know different from them. You know, the shit is hard. But the reality is that this, DC can be fixed. They have to think big by thinking small. And they have to hire us. And they have to hire us. Take all of these big characters and give them small human narratives that people care about. All right. Look, we're going to keep coming up with the content until Loki gets here, guys. We're going to end up talking about next podcast, how far Mr. Fantastic could stretch at his max. We're going to do a whole pod on it. Uh, <laughs> it's is funny until then I am Van Lathan. I'm Charles Holmes. Charles, you got an outro for us. The other side of the pillow was cool. The Midnight
2: Boys know their role. You better stream the Ringiverse. And what the hell did Diddy do to J. Cole? <laughs> <laughs>